Welcome to the Wedding Film Academy podcast, your go-to source for learning to create stunning wedding films and run a successful business. Here's your host, Lumix Luminary and wedding filmmaker, Jordan Bunch. Okay, so last week we started an interview with Marcos. Marcos is a brand new wedding videographer. He has yet to shoot a single wedding. Uh, He's actually edited about 30 wedding videos for another company, and he's now booked four of his own, but he hasn't shot any of them yet. And so we're doing this really awesome interview here with Marcos that I think you're going to find really helpful. If you didn't tune in last week, you really... You're going to miss out on a ton if you don't stop this one now and go back to listen to the previous episode before you listen to this one. So if you haven't done that yet, make sure you stop, go back and listen to the other episode, and then come back to this one. So we're going to go ahead and get right back into that episode. Here we go. I want to ask you about your shooters and editors. I know you've hired quite a bit of them. Yep. And you you mentioned this before. You, you said it's a good idea to hire an editor right yeah that was my first hire that was your first hire you think yep. you think that's the first hire i should think about as a beginning filmmaker wedding filmmaker. probably not necessarily but probably um i think it's either um i mean right now you're probably a long way away from this yeah but um so so i don't think i have an answer for you yet because you don't know how the process works and how it works for you specifically. Each of us are wired differently. We each have our own strengths and weaknesses. And so I think when it comes to filling the void, it's figuring out what are the the biggest needs right away. And so for me, and I think this is a case for a lot of people that I talk to, it's when you go to edit it's staring at that blank timeline that is maddening. And sometimes for some people, it's just really hard to get started. It was this way in college. Like it was really hard for me to stare at that blank computer screen and start typing this paper. And it's the same way for the edit for me. So uh, that was my first hire was hiring Manuel to do my edits. And what he'll do is for, for Jordan Bunch Productions, he'll give me like 80% of where I need to be. And then I can go in and craft the story the way I want it. But He's really good at it. He can focus in on it. He can not be answering emails and and taking sales phone calls and all the stuff that comes with running a business. And he can just put his head down and focus and edit that video really quickly. He can save me days of work. And so that was like the biggest thing that set me free was putting days from every single wedding, putting two, three days back in my life for me to do other things. Um, for me to focus on growing the business, to focus on having a better customer service experience for my clients, all these things. Um, and then from there, I got to the point where I realized, okay, now that we've grown this company, Ladybird Studios, so much, I can't run this company, do all the sales, and manage the whole client experience for my customers and do that in a way where they have a positive experience. And so, you know, now Taylor does all that for me. Um, And so I think for me, it made sense in that order, editor and then studio manager. For somebody else, they just love editing and they're really good at it and they're really fast with it. And, you know, that's fine. So maybe they should do uh, 
you know, they should keep doing the edits for now and hire somebody to kind of run the company for them, hire a studio manager. So it just depends on your personality. But I think my guess is for most people, it would make sense to hire an editor first. An editor first before a shooter? Before, before, a, um, before a studio manager. Now, shooters, I, I think it, the way I shoot, it's just so helpful to have a second shooter or an assistant. So I know we got off topic a little bit because you asked, maybe reframe your question again. So I'm just wondering, the, should I hire someone from the beginning now Now that I'm shooting my first wedding because I want to get them on board right away? Or should I first develop a process that I know what I want Okay. and then think about the shooter maybe down the line when, I don't know. That, that That's the question. Should I start start them off right now i'm thinking about my brother-in-law sure bring him on teach him from i'm learning he's learning or should i wait till i have a process and i can bring him in bring him into my process and teach him bring someone on right now because you're gonna get to that wedding day by yourself and you're gonna be scared you're gonna be intimidated (laughs) you're gonna realize i've got gear to lug around i gotta stay on the timeline i gotta go check on the bride oh wait i gotta go check on the groom oh wait they're getting ready at the same time or oh wait there's pictures happening but things happen simultaneously and even if your second person just helps carry gear for you brings you lenses that you need runs and checks on something for you it's just so helpful to have a second pair of hands a second pair of eyes and another brain just like i think you can totally develop your process with somebody especially if it's someone like your brother-in-law a family member who's kind of in it with you they know you you've already got a relationship with them and then from there you can figure it out together because two heads are always better than one i think okay so we talked about shooters and editors um i'm just wondering what are some qualities you look for in an employee yeah so uh a lot of times I think people look for a great filmmaker. They look for somebody who's really into film and they know their stuff and all this kind of thing. I think in general, like that's not, it's not the, not that it's a bad idea. It's just, we went with, with a really different route. I, and I, I think part of the reason is because people come with their own habits and it may not be your habits. It may not be your style. And a lot of times people also come with an ego. And so whenever they come from that place of, you know, I've already been making films, I know what I'm doing, that kind of thing. I much prefer to work with people who I can, I can help shape into my vision for how this should be done. So I want somebody who is coachable, somebody who's willing to learn, who's eager to learn. Um, I want somebody who's also Reliable. I mean, reliable is probably the most important quality, right? They're actually going to show up um, whenever I need them to show up. Um, you know, loyal is, is a great one. Uh, I think <laughs> just not being an awkward person, you know, you're at a wedding. I think it's important to have people on your team who aren't awkward because that's going to reflect poorly on your business, you know? Um, so because all the people who are there, both, you know, the wedding party, the couple, the family, the vendors, those are all people who can potentially refer us. And so I want people who are good at people skills. 
to be there, you know? Um, and then people who are just available in general, you know, it doesn't help me much if you're so busy that, you know, you can't come shoot on the weekends or, or whatever the case is, whatever, depending on what job I'm hiring you for. But obviously availability is important. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, which is also the opposite of what I was thinking. I think the norm is that people want to hire those who have experience. Right. right. And this is the opposite of that. Yeah. Okay. So, Jordan, do you shoot in a flat picture profile? Uh, I don't. I shoot in Cinelike V. Uh, that's Panasonic. I don't know what the Sony or Canon version of that would be. But basically... What I do for weddings, especially, and really, I mean, almost for all of my work is I shoot in a profile that looks as close to what I want my final product to be mm. because it just saves a lot of time. Uh, Cinelike V to me looks really great. The colors are really punchy. I like the contrast of Cinelike V. And so by shooting in that, you know, it saves me a lot of time. The picture looks great right out of the camera. So if as long as I get my exposure and my white balance correct, then I really don't have to do much at all when it comes to color correction. Now the what is it? Cinelike V does that come in the G7s and G85s as well? Uh, it comes in the G85. I'm, I think it comes in the G7. I could be wrong about that. We sold okay. all our G7s, but it oh. definitely comes in the G85 um, and the GH5. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Another question. This might be on your contract. I don't know if you include this, but how long do you keep wedding footage after you deliver the films to the client? Or is that something you, you put on the contract as um, well? Yeah. I have to go back and look and see if it's on our contract. So I can't remember if it's on there or not. But basically, I'll talk you through the work, the backup workflow. How about? So basically what we do is we have three hard drives that sit on my editor's desk. And on Monday morning, Taylor will come in and she'll back up all the footage. She'll put it onto one hard drive and organize it. And then she'll put it on the other two hard drives. So it's on three hard drives at this point. Um, that evening, I'll take one of those hard drives from the office, take it back home with me. So now it's in three hard drives in two different locations. So then our editor will come in. He comes in Tuesday through Thursday. So he comes in Tuesday and... Uh, all the footage is already there for him. So he'll edit those. Once he basically, he'll leave it on those hard, those are pretty big hard drives. They're like 10 terabyte hard drives each. So he'll leave it on those hard drives for two to three months after he's delivered it. So he's made the edit and delivered it. It's been a couple of months, so we know they don't need any changes. At that point, we will um, move the footage and the Final Cut project, the Final Cut project is a very small file. It's usually like under 30 megabytes because um, we'll get rid of like all the cache and the, you know, everything. So that shrinks it from like a 200 gig file to like a th you know, 30 megabyte file. Um, so we'll keep the footage and the Final Cut project file together and we'll move it on to two other hard drives. They're just cheap. You know, they're like four terabyte hard drives that you can get for 120 bucks. And um, we'll put one in a safe here in the office and we take another one home with me. So, and those are just for long-term storage. As long as those hard drives 
sit on the shelf and don't fail, then we have their footage. Um, so it's not a matter of, okay, it, these hard drives are all full, so we're going to delete stuff and put new stuff on there. We're just going to buy two new hard drives for 100 bucks and fill those ones up. So we're just going to store it indefinitely. You're not going to cycle through them? or Nope. Okay, just I think the other part is, too, if you keep cycling through them, hard drive, hard drives do age, you know, especially as you use them. So if you keep doing that, eventually some of your working hard drives, some of the newer stuff is going to fail. So, you know, I just prefer, and hard drives are so cheap now, you know, four terabytes for like 120 bucks. You know, why not just keep storing that? Mm. So, you know, and you can store them the, the smaller ones too. So that's what I do with my long-term storage. I store it on those little smaller Western Digital, My Passport or something like that. Yeah. Um, for for long-term storage. That's after we've delivered. Um, and that way, if a client, so something happens, you know, Hurricane Harvey comes through and, you know, they lose their footage that they had. I can save, I, I still have it for them, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just like being an extra resource for that if possible, you know? It cost me, you, cost you keep, me hardly anything. Do you keep also the wedding films there or do you keep them stored online somewhere? Yeah, so they're all still on that hard drive. We have the project file as well as the actual, you know, final file. Um, but they're also stored online as well. And then they go to Vimeo. Um, actually, we stopped using Vimeo. Sorry. They go to MediaZilla. MediaZilla. Um, and MediaZilla is great because, well, they go to both MediaZilla and YouTube. Um, YouTube just because it's easier to play that way. It's, easy, it's more shareable. helps our SEO rankings. But MediaZilla, because when you put it on MediaZilla, the client takes ownership of that video. So like with Vimeo, if I deleted my Vimeo account, uh, if, if my client only had it stored there, that video is gone, right? But with MediaZilla, they create their own account. And when I send it to them, they take ownership of that video. So if I stop paying MediaZilla and I go away and my business runs down or whatever, they still have that on MediaZilla. Oh, okay. I see. So And on YouTube. So that, that's MediaZilla something... You know, I've heard about it. I just never had a use for it. But, yeah, you know, that might be something I might have to look into. It's definitely, yeah, it's definitely a great product. I wish they offered 4K because then I would do all my stuff on there. But for now, we do all of our Ladybird Studio stuff. Okay. So this next question is, I think, a little bit loaded. So Okay. <laughs> if you had a four-week course on the business of wedding filmmaking, what would it look like? Uh, tell me more about the structure of the course the structure. So I think every week you're going to teach just one subject, one thing that you think it's absolutely necessary that I learn. If I don't learn this, I'm probably going to fail. Is this like a, is this like, <laughs> is this like school style? Like you're going to be with me for like six hours a day or something? Or is this like, let's, a, let's say I'm coming in, uh, three times a week for like four hours at a time. And you're just going to teach me a concept. Okay, well, I would have to plan this a little bit better than I'm going to do right off the cuff here. But so you're coming basically from your place of you never shot a wedding video before, right? Yeah, I I guess would you concentrate, I said a business filmmaking, so I guess I'm not looking for the technical side of 
this is what picture profile you use. This is how the shutter speed you're going to, none of that more. What you, what do I need to get ready or what do I need to get focus on? Yeah. Well, I would focus on some of that because I think you can't separate the business from the product. Hmm. So I, I do think that that's important. Um, so I would spend a little bit of time on that and I think it's different from, it's even different from shooting short films or personal projects or other events and things because there's just, there's a lot that you would need to know about how to shoot a wedding specifically that doesn't pertain to other types of shooting. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I would definitely want to focus on that and, you know, where my attention is on wedding day. Um, you know, what are the things that I'm looking for? What am I trying to anticipate? Um, you know, how do I make sure I do capture good, clean audio? How am I approaching a ceremony? How am I going to approach the speeches, the first dances, like walking you through like a full wedding day and what that looks like mm-hmm. to, to capture a wedding. Um, so, you know, we'd probably spend a week on that. Um, maybe week two, we talk about, uh, honestly, we'd, we'd probably go through 17 hats and show you like how to <laughs> set that thing up for success. Our automation. Yeah. Is huge for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, so, you know, I'd probably, yeah, spend a week showing you how to do that kind of stuff. Um, maybe a week would be on, uh, you know, on marketing slash advertising, you know, how are we, how are we getting ourselves out there? What are we doing to be, you know, in people's face, you know, both through paid advertising and then through content marketing. Um, what are we doing as far as like building relationships with other vendors that's helping our marketing cause all those kind of things. Uh, you know, that'd probably be a week. Um, let me give you some time. Yeah. So you, you mentioned the technical side, then automation and marketing and putting yourself out there networking. Yeah. One more. One more. <laughs> okay. I would probably do like a whole week on just sales. So, um, and that, that would come along with like both pricing as well as, like in-person and on the phone sales strategies, you know, coming up with what is it that you actually believe in that you're trying to sell here Mm. Um, and figuring out, you know, what along with that, you know, how are you going to execute that? Um, What do the marketing materials that you have to make that sale, what does that look like? What does it look like when you actually sit down with a bride and groom and talk to them about their wedding? Um, I think that that's just incredibly important to running a successful business with anything is, is you have to sell your product. Yeah. Um, You're not going to be successful if you can't sell your product. So, I mean, yeah, that might even be week one, you know? Um, I I think, let me butt in here, but I think as a beginning filmmaker, sometimes you think, I just need to focus on the technicalities and all my time goes there. And, you know, I think I'm trying to approach it differently. It's that's why I kind of phrased it as what is the, on the business side, because 
have a tendency to think uh, technically, you know, just if I get the right camera, I get the right gear, and that's not often, you know, the correct approach. So the other question I want to add is, what things should I focus on? What, what should I focus more more on researching the right gear, looking at people's tutorials, how they shot the wedding, or more on the, I don't know, let's say the marketing side or how to actually talk to someone when you're sitting face to face with them? It's hard to say more one or the other. I think, like you said, most people are going to default to how do I actually film the wedding? Um, so if I was going to say focus more on one or the other, I would say focus on the other because you're going to, you're creative. So you're going to default to the other, right? You're going to default to learning how to actually film the wedding properly. Um, so if you're going to try to put an emphasis on one thing, then probably put it on sales. Um, because like I said, you're going to do the other naturally. So yeah, you know, take a read, read some, pick up some audio books, read some, some, uh, paper books, learn how to do sales, take a sales class. You know, you go into this, this conference to learn how to start a business. That's fantastic. So I think really focusing in on how do I actually make this successful because we don't want to be starving artists. Yeah. I think that's really important. So I would say probably focus in on that side more so just because you're naturally going to lean to the other stuff during your free time probably anyways. So I watch a bunch of tutorials (laughs) and I, I think you said it perfectly. We, we tend to go to the craft and just focus on that. Um, I'm wondering, do you have any books or resources that have helped you, you know, think, differently about your business yeah absolutely um so robert kiyosaki's been a big influence lately um he did he's done a number of books rich dad poor dad um this is probably his most popular one uh that's been really beneficial i'm gonna pull up my audible app here the greatest salesman in the world was a really interesting book I think there's going to be some people who are going to read that and say, why did you recommend this book, Jordan? That was ridiculous. Hmm. Um, But if you come at it with an open mind, I think it will be really beneficial to you because it's not going to give you like, here's what you do when you sit down in front of a client, but it is going to teach you a lot about the kind of person you need to be to be a person that, people can trust in those situations. And Mm -hmm. the last thing you want to do when I talk about sales, I'm not talking about being the, you know, the scummy used car salesman. I'm talking about having a relationship with a bride and groom that establishes mutual trust. So the greatest salesman in the world, I think is really helpful. And just talking about like the kind of values uh, that you need to have in order to be that kind of person. Um, also, I would definitely encourage uh, along those same lines, uh, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Really powerful book. I mean, this is a classic, right? But um, extremely beneficial for anyone trying to learn how to do sales better. The Thank You Economy by Gary Vaynerchuk. I thought that was a really good book, really focusing in on the customer service experience. I think, uh, 
you know, you can listen to that probably in, I don't know, three or four hours on Audible, but really good book and just kind of helping you get a basic, get your head around how do I need to be relating to my clients, particularly online is his focus. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a, there's a handful of books to get started. Uh, but if I had to point to just two of them to get started with, I would say Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and How to Win Friends and Influence People. Is running your business taking away from the time that you have to make better wedding films? Do you feel disorganized? What happens when a hot lead goes cold after your first email response? Do you have a system in place to stay in contact with them? Do you find yourself asking, where was that bride's phone number again? And have they paid their invoice or not? Which package do they get and what are their deliverables? How organized are your financial records when it comes to tax time? Wouldn't it be awesome if you could afford forty dollars or $50,000 to pay someone to take care of all this extra stuff for you? I've got an idea. How about you sign up for 17 Hats and pay just $300 a year to let their amazing online software take care of all of this for you? Before I got 17 Hats, I was buried in a sea of unorganized emails, spreadsheets, bank statements, receipts, sticky notes, Google Docs, and more. I was letting hot leaves go cold because I couldn't remember who to stay in contact with. I was spending weeks trying to get my tax records organized for my accountant. It was awful. And now I pay 17 hats, just $300 a year, and they do all of that for me. It's like having a full-time assistant working around the clock on your business, making sure that everything is organized, invoices are paid on time, and making you look like a real pro to your clients. And now, 17 Hats is giving you an amazing offer. When you use the link at the top of our website, weddingfilmacademy.org, you'll get 15% off the list price, and it's a great way for you to help keep us making great content each week for you. If you want to learn more about 17 Hats, go back in the archives and listen to the podcast that we did with them. We actually got to chat with the CEO and one of the VPs of 17 Hats for an hour. So definitely go back and listen to that podcast as well if you want to learn more. Thanks a ton. Let's get back to the show. So, you know, just to wrap this up, um, I just want to ask you, do you have any additional advice you would want to give me as a beginning wedding filmmaker? Anything I should know or be aware of or something I should be thinking ahead of? Yeah. So you talked about, I think this is the trap that everybody falls into is just endless tutorials. So, and that's, that's good to an extent, but it can also be a trap of I'm watching all these tutorials and I'm not ever getting out there and shooting. So, you know, for every video that you go watch, get out there and shoot something, you know, put this stuff into practice that you're learning. And sometimes it's difficult because you may not have a subject, somebody who's willing to get out there and shoot with you, but you might can find somebody, you know, make a post on Facebook, say, Hey, I want, I need, you know, I need a model to come shoot with me or something. Um, but get out there and shoot a lot and then edit as much of that footage as you can. You know, I think right now at this stage in the process, it would actually be a mistake for you to hire an editor. Um, because at this point, you need the editing process to learn how to shoot better. Um, so much of what has improved my shooting over time was editing my own work because through the editing process, I would realize the mistakes that I had made. I would realize 
the things that I had done that looked really fantastic. I would realize the footage that I wish I had gotten that I didn't get. Um, And so there's all these things that you learn while you're editing your own work because you get to be, you get to critique yourself through that process. So shoot a lot, edit a lot, come up with personal projects. You know, if you have something that you're passionate about uh, that's not related to weddings, get out there and shoot it, make a short film. You know, if you're, you volunteer with the SPCA, you know, go make a video for them. You you like, uh, you know, helping out special needs kids, go shoot for the special Olympics, you know, come up with something where you can film something actually happening and you can uh, create a story out of it and then go edit that, you know, come up with some personal projects. And a lot of times that work will lead to other paid work. You know, those personal projects that you do for free can a lot of times lead to paid work Um, because like we said, you have to have a portfolio. Nobody's going to trust you to shoot something if you haven't shot something. Um, And then ask for critiques uh, and be open to that. Look out, reach out to some other filmmakers in your area and ask them to critique your work. Uh, That's something that I did early on and still from time to time, I'll reach out to um, some of my peers and say, Hey, take a look at this and give me your honest feedback. Um, and I have a couple people in my life who will do that for me and know that I'm not going to be hurt by anything that they say. Um, and so they can not hold back at all um, and tell me, you know, be specific about everything. So uh, asking for critiques and then just really, I think it's really easy in this field to have your ego stroked because there's, When you post a video online, if you go on Facebook and post your video, you're going to have dozens of comments of people saying, oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life, you know, and those are your friends and family or the friends and family of the couple who don't know anything about wedding video or don't know anything about video production in general. Um, And so it's easy to get to a place really quickly where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm freaking awesome, you know? Um, and I think that is really the enemy of improving to greatness. You know, if if you feel like you're awesome and, you know, hey, I'm fantastic. I'm never going to be able to get any better than this because this is just I'm the pinnacle of greatness. <laughs> then you're not going to get any better because you're not open to the to the changes that you could make to become better. So, yeah, that's a. A few little points there, I think. So my soapbox is social media. I will tell you how important it is to be on social media. You're going to have your website, which is your main place, your most official place for people to go and check out your work and know about you and all your business stuff will be on your website. But I would say the two most important platforms for wedding videographers would be, be on Facebook and be on Instagram. Instagram is so great now with all of its capabilities and Facebook and Instagram are linked. So you can post video clips, photos, screenshots of your videos. I post a lot of screenshots of videos, post behind the scenes photos, you know, have your second shooter snap a pic of you while you're shooting a wedding, stuff like that. But people are looking for people on social media. They're looking at vendors for weddings, but they want to see what are they doing on Instagram? What's their Facebook page look like? 
What kind of reviews do they have? What kind of content do they post? People are always looking for those things. And when they're on their web, your website, they're most likely looking, where's that little Facebook icon? I want to go see their Facebook page. I know when I'm looking at other vendors' websites, I'll, I'm automatically scrolling down to the bottom or looking at the top for their those icons because I want to see their social media pages, especially when I'm posting a wedding film and I want to tag other vendors and say, hey, had a great day at this wedding, shot this video, big shout out to everybody else that worked the wedding. So social media is going to be hugely important for couples that just want to hop on and see what kind of presence you have and just kind of see what kind of person you are. But also it's going to be huge for networking with people, tagging other people, and it's just a very quick and easy way to make relationships. And it's going to start out a little bit slow when you're getting started because like you said, you don't have much work yet. Your portfolio is not going to be super big, so you might not be posting as often in the beginning. I think you kind of grow that over time, how much you want to post. Um, and kind of the certain content that you want to post. But I think since we're videographers, it's hugely important. People want to see clips. They want to see as much media as possible. Yeah. I have to get back on Facebook. Definitely <laughs> I have not Facebook. been on Facebook for a couple of years and that's something I have to think about. Make, make a page for your business. It's not even, it's not just about like they want to see your personal profile. They're looking for your business page on yeah. Facebook. You can have your information, be posting content, just any, anything that comes up that's relative to your business, post on it. Sometimes people even message you on Facebook. Oh, hey, I was, I just was stumbled across your page and I had a question. And then from there you can direct them to your website or give them a phone call or whatever is necessary from that point. Well, you guys gave me a lot to think about. So, I don't know. So I'm going to have to listen back to this whole episode <laughs> and write down some of the things you guys mentioned because it's a lot to take in. Um, so, I don't know. Do you guys have any questions? Or yeah. I'll hand it back over to you. Yeah. Uh, we got to do a pick of the week. So Okay. <coughs> let's do that. Let's do... Our pick of the week. So, Taylor, do you have something? I do. Okay, cool. So, my pick of the week is the Jiffy Photo Booth. <laughs> we got this for our company earlier this year, and I've taken it to one wedding so far, and I've taken it to like bridal shows and stuff. It is so much fun. It's literally the easiest setup ever. Just this wooden tripod that has this head where you can just place an iPad on it. It's got a ring of lights that you can adjust and then you just set it up anywhere it's totally wireless it's got a battery pack and everything that powers the ipad and the lights so you can place it anywhere which makes it super easy to have at a wedding reception and guests just hop in front of it they touch the ipad screen and it counts down and you can make a gif so it's, it's pretty awesome just super fun for people because they'll be moving around doing goofy things you know if the couple provides costumes or weird props it gets super fun the wedding i the wedding i took it to the guests just had a blast and it's great because it's something that's super easy for us to just bring along to a wedding we set it up and leave it there and that's all there is to it so it's a nice add-on that we can offer for people yep yeah i think it's like with the ipad that you have to buy separately to operate it 
think it's like 4,500 bucks. Um, but it's, it's something that, you know, hopefully can be a moneymaker for you. So, yep. Great pick of the week. Do you have a pick of the week? Well, I've been buying a bunch of stuff because <laughs> I'm preparing for the yeah. weddings are coming up. Uh, I bought SD cards. I think that those are huge to have. You yeah. can't really cover the whole wedding if you don't have SD cards. But That's right. what I really like is these Arca Swiss plates, quick release uh-huh. plates. Yep. And I've been putting them on everything. Yeah. On all my tripods, on the monopod, uh, Joby Gorilla, everything. Yep. I ha- even I have a overhead rig that I built, a DIY one, and I put one on that. There you go. And it just makes it simpler for me to just jump around, you know, all these different places. And, and yeah, I really like that. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we love having quick release plates. Well, my pick of the week is going to be CG Pro Prints. I really like this company. Uh I have these really fantastic metallic prints. They're, I say metallic. I should use the word metal because uh, sometimes metallic, yeah, like metallic paper. But yeah, these metal prints that you see around my office, those are from CG Pro Prints, and they do a spectacular job. Um, they're really cool. They, you can actually print right on the metal, the sheet metal itself, and then they have like a framed back, so they just hang on the wall as is. They don't need a frame or anything. But they just really pop. They're super vibrant. They're relatively affordable. I think like a 20 by 30 is like $90 before shipping and tax. Um, so, yeah, I really love these prints. I think they look fantastic in here. So they also do all kinds of other stuff. We got our canvases from them as well. Their canvases are super cheap. You can get like a 16 by 20 canvas for like 25 bucks from them. They look awesome. Um, Something like that. Maybe not 25 exactly, but yeah, that'll be my pick of the week. And the cool thing is, if you're shooting in 4K, boom, you can make prints from that thing. So, yeah, we actually have a number of prints up here in the office. Most of them were still photos, but we have a handful that were 4K video files that we printed, and they look fantastic. So, there's my pick of the week. Well, Marcos, thanks for coming on, man. You came all the way from California just for this podcast. You know what? I think I did. I, yeah. Subconsciously, I think I did it for this. Yeah. You, just, <laughs> you also happen to be going to some conference too. So that's you know. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it all worked out. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, uh, do you want to point anybody to anywhere if they want to check out what you're up to? Well, I could point them to my website, but they're not going to find anything. <laughs> they're not going to find any work. Uh, but I guess I'll point to it because from there they can find my YouTube channel, which is where I'm very active. Cool. So the website is rocafilms.com, R-O-C-A films.com. Awesome. Yeah. Perfect. Cool. Well, thanks again for coming on. Uh, really appreciate you guys tuning in for this episode. And like always, I just want to encourage you, please hop on over to iTunes. I know it's a pain to write those reviews on there, but you know what? We spent a lot of time making these podcasts for you. So do me an awesome favor and go over there and give me five stars and tell me what you think. I'd love to hear what you think about this episode. I do read all of them. In fact, I may even start a thing where... 
I choose some of those reviews and we read them on the podcast. I think we should do that. What do you think? That would be fun. I think we should do that. Yep. So maybe we'll do that. In fact, I'm going to read one right now. Oh, we have a listener from Hawaii who writes this. This is DPXT23 Money Money. <laughs> That's their name. But they say, I highly recommend this podcast to any wedding videographers out there. If you want to learn more and grow your business, you're going to want to listen to this podcast. I've been listening to the podcast while I edit and cut clips the past few months, and it's been tremendously helpful in growing my business. I've been in the wedding video industry for a couple of years now, but I'm still learning lots and really appreciate how openly Jordan Bunch and his guests have shared all their experience and techniques. I don't write reviews very often, but I wanted to send out a big thank you to Jordan for all the helpful and free, all caps, information that you have given I think it's great what you're doing, and I really appreciate it. Aloha from Hawaii. Look nice. at that. We got people in Hawaii. Awesome. So definitely help me out. Go over there to iTunes and give us five stars. Give us some love. All right. Until next week, go make some movie magic. The Wedding Film Academy podcast is produced by Taylor Juarez. If you found this episode helpful, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. And help us out by leaving a five-star review on iTunes. And when you're done, head on over to WeddingFilmAcademy.org to chat with our other wedding filmmakers like yourself in the comments section. Until next time, keep making movie magic.